Welcome in to Texas Hate Week. Horns down, hex tex, whatever you want to call it. This is Please Bear With Me. I'm your host, Travis Corley. So excited to get into this episode. So excited to get to this UT matchup. A matchup that might not happen very much more because, I don't know, someone decided they thought they might win more games going to the SEC. Good luck. Good luck. Max Garner, a friend of the pod, former Baylor pitcher, he is joining us. He's going to break down the World Series a little bit. Then we're going to talk about this Texas matchup. Cannot wait for this weekend. Please bear with me. I am starting off this podcast with a double horns down because that's right. It is Texas hate week, hex tex, horns down, all of those good, good things. I enjoy Texas hate week because, I mean, come on guys. I hate Texas. I hate Texas, especially after, you know, I don't know. SEC, like, go have fun. Do your thing. You know, you, you you couldn't win any championships here as of late here in the Big 12. And so I know you're, you, you guys are tired of losing. Um, I don't see that really changing anytime soon, especially, you know, going to the SEC here. Somehow you think you're going to win more games. Somehow you think it's better for you. I, I Sure, you're, you're going to get more money, but... Hey, if if that's the standard that you want to live up to of how much money you make, um, okay, that that's fine. You guys enjoy your losses there in the SEC, and hey, we'll just enjoy winning here in the Big 12. Let's pivot here to Baylor, though. We'll talk more Texas later. Aranda, Dave, Aranda, the coaching carousel is already, already heating up. In the middle of the season, we got USC open. We got LSU open. We got Texas Tech now open, which was a little bit shocking to me that Tech let go of their head coach one game away from bowl eligibility. They're sitting right kind of in the middle of the Big 12. They're doing better than I think what most people thought they would. Yet, Texas Tech head coach has been let go. To me, it just feels like they were ready to move on and it didn't matter what coach Wells did. Didn't matter. Like they were ready to move on and that's what they did. They moved on. So man, that coaching carousel, it is going round and round and round and the rumors are swirling around here for Dave Aranda. And he was asked about the USC and the LSU job in his press conference. At first he said, Hey, I've got great friends at USC and LSU. And he says he hates to see that and he wants them to succeed in true Dave Aranda fashion. But then he talked more about 
his situation here at Baylor. And this is a direct quote. I love it here. My family loves it here. Baylor is an opportunity for me to grow. Continuing on. I love the hearts of people here at Baylor and our love for Baylor goes beyond just football. And then, I think this came out a couple weeks ago. I'll say it anyways. Mac Rhodes had a talk with, with, with Coach Aranda and Aranda reiterated that he is a great fit at Baylor and he wants to stay at Baylor. And then Mac Rhodes said he was very forthright in saying that and he appreciates that. So, you know, last week, I, I, I don't think it's a complete no, but if I was leaning one way, I would say that Aranda is going to stay. Um, he didn't really answer the question at the press conference about him staying, him leaving, whatever. Um, he didn't come out and clearly commit to Baylor for, for the long haul or even next year. But hey, great job by Coach Randa there of bouncing around the question and answering it without really answering it. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I can tell you that the last thing I want to go through again is a coaching change. I, I just, all of the emotions that go into that of, you know, hey, I, I love Coach Randa. I loved Coach Rule. I, the emotions of them leaving getting over that and then buying into a, a brand new person. It's, it's not something I want to do. So yeah, absolutely. I hope coach Aranda stays, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. And man, it feels really good that we didn't play last weekend because some crazy things were happening there in the big 12. Kansas almost pulls out a win against number three, Oklahoma. Somehow Caleb Williams is in the Heisman conversation. I don't understand. He's had two starts and then goes out there and almost loses to Kansas. Sorry, that's, that's not a Heisman, a Heisman finalist to me. It was an excellent play, you know, heads up play. Credit him for ripping the ball out of his running back's hand and taking it for the first down. And essentially that was the game winning play right there. Do I think that... His forward progress was stopped? Absolutely. How does a player get wrapped up and driven back three yards and the forward progress isn't stopped? I don't know. I could go on. But hey, I think the name across the front of the jersey had something to do with that call there. But I was very, very happy to be on a bye week just to get healthy. But also, hey, it was a crazy week and we moved up in the polls. We did not play and we moved up in the polls. That's right. We are number 16 in the nation. And there are three teams, three teams in the entire nation that have two wins against currently ranked opponents. That's Georgia, that's Iowa, and that's your Baylor Bears. So, hey, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. Before we get to Max here, I have got one little segment that I want to go through, and that is the Texas Hate Week stats. And here we go. This is a list of Big 12 teams with more wins than Texas over the last 10 years Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, and Baylor. And let me remind you, 
Baylor had a one-win season and a two-win season. Yet, we had more wins than Texas over the past 10 years. And now Texas moves to the SEC. And here are SEC teams with more wins than Texas over the last 10 years. Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Mississippi State, and the Ags down there in College Station. That's seven teams in the SEC with more wins than Texas in the last 10 years. Like I said, good luck. Good luck, Longhorns. Good luck. Big 12 championships in the last 10 years. Texas, zero. Baylor, two. Since 2010, Baylor has had three more winning seasons than Texas. Baylor has seven. Texas has four. Since 2010, Baylor has had more 10-win seasons than Texas. Baylor has five. Texas has one. Since 2010, Baylor leads in total wins by nine. We have 91. That's including this year. Texas has 82. BCS or New Year's Six Bowl appearances since 2010. Baylor three, Texas one. Regular bowl games played since 2010. Baylor nine, Texas eight. First round NFL draft pick since 2010. Baylor has five, Texas has three. Cost on stadiums. Yep, I'm going there. Cost on stadiums. It costs $175 million to upgrade that end zone for Texas. They have three wins since it's been induct inducted. Okay, that means they, they've spent $58 million per win. Who? Who? Okay, 226 mil to build McLean. We've got 55 wins in McLean. That's about 4.8 million per win. Pretty, pretty, pretty big gap there. Pretty big gap. Okay. And here, here is uh, two more stats that I, I, I really like. These, these are, might be my favorite ones. Okay. Losses to Kansas in the last 10 years. Baylor zero, Texas one. And we all know and love that stat, but it never gets old, man. Like Texas, y'all lost to Kansas. And that was like, that was pretty recent, man. That was pretty recent. And hey, my last stat here, it's not really a stat. It's more like, it's more of a fact. Texas is not back. I repeat, Texas is not back. And now help me welcome friend of the pod and former Baylor pitcher, Max Garner. Max, thank you for joining. Please bear with me to bear with us today. How you doing? Doing great, Travis. How about you? Hey, I am feeling good. Every minute is a minute closer to this UT matchup. So I I'm excited. And before, though, we hop in to that UT game, let's talk a little World Series. You're a That's big Astros name. fan. You're a big Astros fan. And... They're matching up here with the Braves. Unfortunately, was not the Dodgers. Um, right. And maybe some of that had to do with a little Max Muncy injury. Is he going to yep. be okay? He's going to be fine. Um, from what he's told me, he's got a tear in his left elbow. But um, not sure if it's going to be surgery long term or anything. Um, 
he, you know, he got it reaching back over his left shoulder in a collision, making a, you know, a tag off the bag on first base. And um, you see those collisions all the time. And you know, a lot of times people get lucky and nothing happens, but um, you know, I was, a, that was rough for him. And he was obviously having the best year of his career, uh, maybe by a long shot. And uh, you know, two days before the playoff starts for that to happen was, was really tough to see. Yeah, no kidding. But you think he will be, and it's not his throwing arm. So that's not good, his throwing right? arm. And since he bats right, uh, since he bats left, throws right, it's his back arm hitting, um, which just for the fact of it being his elbow will, will help. Um, ah, okay. If it, if it, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird spot because it's an, in, it's an injury that normally happens when you're throwing. Um, but he, he got it in a collision. Okay. Well, that is good to hear that he's going to be okay. And now had the Dodgers made the world series, would you have felt a little bit split there or, or is it Astros all the way? I lived with Max our first year in the minor league off season um, in Waco. So it would be pretty rough. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'd gone out, I was in a wedding. I, I went to a wedding in San Diego earlier this year and went and, and to a Dodgers Padres game on the road and all blue and, and wore all the crap from the San Diego fans for it and everything. <laughs> so I'm kind of invested both ways. Um, nice. So it, it would have really been tough. I still probably would have hoped for Muncie to hit a home run in a losing effort in every game right. or something like that. But, right. uh, you know, that, that would have been about the prediction predicament I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Cheering for the individual on one side, but, but the team on the other. And right. so I guess, you know, it, I won't say it's a good thing that they didn't make it, but Hey, at least you're not split now and give us, give us a little prediction here. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? And for those of us who don't really watch baseball, what is the matchup to watch for in the series? Um, it's going to be, you know, I really want to say Astros in six or seven, just Homerism. Mm -hmm. Um, but if Lance McCullers isn't available, I'm not sure if they've made any announcement on him yet. Um, it, he's going to make a huge difference. I mean, they got they, they got away with not having him against the Red Sox, but it would be it would be really tough to win. You know, the two hardest seven game stretches uh, of the year in a row without you know who's the guy who's been your best starter all year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it'll really ride on that. The Braves have you know Morton, the ex Astro, and uh, Max Freed, and um, and a whole slew of other arms. So they they're a little more um, set up in the starting pitching uh, aspect. But then you have the Astros get great um, great performances from a couple of young guys too. So um, I just think the Astros' firepower on offense is is really rolling right now, and and will end up winning out kind of like it did in the Red Sox series. Yeah, and, it, and if if the if the Shros do end up winning, this one is uh, is it going to be a little bit sweeter for the fan base given the recent uh, circumstances surrounding that team? Yeah, I mean, I think I might <laughs> I might buy a uh, aluminum trash can to take to the bars with me while I watch <laughs> the games, just to bang on it every time we score a run. But, oh, that's uh, great. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's been a, a weird time to be an Astros fan. I mean, it's almost you know, it's a totally different subject but it was kind of like like the Baylor thing a long time ago where you just get nothing but negative press for see it feels like two or three years Baylor pretty much feels like it's still happening but yeah, yeah. um uh it, it, it's it's that weird situation because it's obviously something I would have been very upset about had I been pitching on another team 
Um, but the Red Sox, Yankees, I think Blue Jays and a few other teams all got caught doing similar stuff. And you just don't yeah, hear hey. about it because you're only going to hear about the big scapegoat. And that's the way it goes. Exactly right. Exactly right. And that is a good transition point then into some Baylor football. And what mm-hmm. has surprised you most about this team this year? Uh, just the growth of the offense. I think that I think everyone thought coming into the year and I, I told this to to as many people as I could tell that, you know, our defense would keep us at least in games. I didn't think we really had a chance of ever getting blown out in any game we play this year just because the defense will hold us there. But, man, the offensive line and and Mr. Bohannon have been um, incredible. Oh, yeah, they've, they've been excellent. And Gary Bohannon's definitely been a bright spot. I think that was probably the one spot on the offense that most people were – just didn't know what we were going to get. And now seeing what Bohannon's given us, I mean, man, we couldn't have really wished for anything better. Um, where, no, where, he had, he hasn't even, we haven't even seen him have to use his legs. And that right? was the one thing we, we really knew he had. So, yeah. Um, and I think with, you know, offenses like Texas and Oklahoma on the horizon, um, the, you know, at some point the offense is just going to be forced by necessity to open up a little bit more and, and let Gary run. And, um, maybe throw it throw it downfield even more than what we're doing so um yeah. it's uh but man abram smith you know you can just go down the line the receivers have been good i think we knew you know everyone knew about taekwon in our circle anyway i knew about taekwon and rj and everybody but we just didn't know how we were going to get them get them running with the ball yeah and, for sure. uh, and you know the offensive line has been incredible and um and it, that's obviously where it starts and uh, now we've got a quarterback that can really push it down the field yeah, for sure. It seems like it is kind of starting to open up a little bit more offensively for Gary to uh, to really show us his stuff. But where do you where do you think this team can still improve? Where do you want to see us improve the most? Um, I think the offense has been just a little bit basic, but that, you know, we're used to, you know, we got spoiled for six years or whatever it was with offensive scoring 70 points and yep. uh, being the flashiest team in the country and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. I think I, you know, I would have said penalties, but then we didn't have any against BYU. So it's, it's really been fun to watch them get noticeably better every week with, for the most part, uh, if you take out Iowa state and Oklahoma state, um, with no empty halves. I mean, besides the second half of I- Iowa State and, and then the, the kind of dud of the game that offense played against Oklahoma State um, have been the only bad six quarters out of the whole year. It's been really, really fun. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's talk Texas then. Let's talk Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And now in the weeks that uh, led up to the baseball series against Texas when you were playing at Baylor, I mean mm-hmm. – was there just extra juice in that locker room? I mean, what, what does it mean to go up against Texas as a Baylor athlete? Yeah. When, you know, when we, when I was there, the big 12, it was the old big 12. And uh, so we kind of had the same feeling, you know, the Monday starting of UT week as we did the Monday uh, before a and um, But I would say, you know, it, it, they were a huge rival. The buzz was definitely different, but, uh, coach Augie Garrido, who was the Texas coach forever, and Coach Smith, who was who I played for at Baylor, mm-hmm. um, they were really close friends. I, you know, I grew up in Austin with about half of the guys on that team, and, oh, and wow. everyone grew up playing against them in other, you know, in travel baseball in high school and all that kind of stuff. And so it really was, it, it was 
as competitive as you can possibly get, but kind of in a, you know, with a friendly back and forth, yeah. you know, if you want to call it like that, you know, before and after games and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I, it was my most, most fun weekend of the year because, you know, I was from Austin. I always wanted to, to give it to them every time I played. Um, and, but it, it, it wasn't as nasty as A&M or, or TCU <laughs> seems to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but you definitely like, you know, the smugness comes across uh, in every sport a little bit and they're famous for that. And I've been uh, living in the middle of it for a long time. And that's, uh, that's more uh, what you notice from their fan base, sometimes even their athletes. And uh, it's, uh, it's grown on me in a bad way more now <laughs> than it did when I was 21. So oh, man, they're rubbing off on you a little bit down down there in Austin. Yeah, I can't stand listening to people <laughs> in my office uh, think that they're going to pull it together every week and then they never do. But no, um, no. it's uh, yeah, it's my, my opinion on them much different from when I was playing. So it's yeah. uh, it's kind of a different feel. And they've they've uh, caused some some things to happen that have made a lot of people angry, uh, you know, at multiple schools. So, yeah, no uh, kidding. that's it's really changed the national perception on them and yeah. uh, doesn't doesn't bother me. No, doesn't, doesn't bother me one bit either. Um, and what specifically, though, about this Texas team? I mean, what what are you worried about going into this weekend? Um, we haven't really played an offense that can put up 50. And they can. I mean, they, they haven't uh, put together, you know, a full game against any of the, of the really good teams they play. They almost did against Oklahoma. But, the, you mm-hmm. know, everyone saw the end of the fourth quarter. And um, – but just the – you know, ever since they got Thompson in there and he's, you know, more obviously their guy than Hudson Card was, um, their offense is just really good. And, you know, we, we've we had enough good offenses in Waco to know that um, if an offense gets hot, sometimes good defense can't do anything about it in mm. college ball. And um, and they've got – I mean, I think Bijan's best running back in the country. I don't know that it's even all that close uh, as far as just a one-back comparison. And uh, that, so, yeah, just just the fact that we're playing a, a kind of his, an offense that's more like the mid uh, mid 2010 Big 12 kind of offenses. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely up there at the top of the Big 12 points per game. I think they're second or third. Mm-hmm. I think they're sec- they're averaging like over 40 points a game. So, yes, right. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't think we, we haven't faced that kind of juggernaut type offense yet we've definitely faced some top end running backs in the conference and have done okay against them uh recently right. our last two games and i mean that that texas offense man it's it starts and it stops with b john robinson and yeah i mean can we stop this guy can can we well maybe not stop but can we limit this guy what's your confidence level on that i think we can i think with someone like him if if you keep him to you know, even a number that kind of sounds crazy, 140 or 150 yards from scrimmage, if you count a couple of catches, is is going to be kind of a contain if you compare to what he's done, uh, you know, against TCU and Oklahoma in some of these games. And uh, I just think that, you know, he's probably going to get a touchdown. You know, he's going to get a touchdown or two, and he's going he's gonna to push 100 yards. He's going to do that on everybody. I think if you just make – Casey Thompson have to go through some reads and and yeah. not throw to his first receiver. Um, our defense will will thrive off that. I think Petrie and Bernard and Woods and all those guys. If uh, if Thompson has to make any sort of rush decisions, I think they'll have a de- have a good day. 
Yeah, I think I think so too. And I think I'm I'm kind of comparing this performance to, you know, a little bit the Iowa State game. I know Brees Hall just had had a heck of a game against us, but hey, we still beat him. So right. if we can kind of just limit Bijan, I I think I'm right there with you. I, I think we will limit him. And I think that making Thompson make the throws and, and go to his second read, I think is going to be crucial. And that's going to allow Bernard and, uh, and Petrie to get there in the backfield. Um, because in our last two games, we have combined for 11 sacks. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our havoc rate and our just creating pressure on that offense is, uh, is really coming along, really coming along. Yeah. I think Casey Thompson having to make un, unusual decisions on third and medium, uh, will you know if that happens a lot at some point it's gonna it's gonna cause something big to happen our way I think so too and hey Texas I mean they just have not faced other than Oklahoma State they just have not faced any very good defenses yet to be quite honest and so hey he's gonna he's gonna come on the road and um deal with this Baylor crowd which is hopefully lively there at 11 a.m um i I don't think we're i know i hate the 11 a.m kick but i don't think we're gonna have any problem with energy on saturday agreed agreed Um, i just think especially with all the sec bs i think that uh texas and ou are just kind of in in for a a fun crowd everywhere they go i think so i think so and and i think baylor fans are fired up to to get them here into waco and let's talk about defense let's talk about defense here Where, where where's our defensive advantage lie do you think just the havoc, right? Like, uh, I, I kind of would – it would worry me if Thompson, you know, on, when Petrie and some of those smaller guys come on the on the late blitzes on the outside, if they don't keep Thompson at least just throwing it from in the pocket. But um, I think you make him stutter step and have to make a couple quick decisions. And like I said, with, with Bernard and our, our uh, you know, seven guys that are playing off the ball, I think that's just going to be a huge advantage for us blitzing from – from both edges and kind of just mixing up looks. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Aranda has said uh, one of the big things about his defense, he just wants to create hesitation. So if yeah. we can create that hesitation and make him just think a little bit more, that's going to allow more of us to gang tackle for sure. Um, yeah. And now the Baylor offense, the Baylor offense, are you, are you worried at all about us being able to move the ball against this Texas defense? I think Abner and, and Abram should get, 35 plus carries between the two of them and we'll score 38 or more. Yep. Yep. I, uh, yep. I just Simple think we're just turning hand the ball. Yeah. I just think we're turning hand the ball off and, you know, maybe Bohan and all he has to do is pull it two or three times for 30 yards rushing. And that'll keep, keep him honest enough to let Abram and, and Tristan go forward. Yeah, for sure. I think, man, that Texas rush defense is just flat out. Not, not good. It's just not good. And we're leading the big 12 in rushing. Abram Smith, he's averaging 112 rushing yards per game. Is he going to beat that this weekend? I think so. I think, I mean, I I understand workload and all that kind of stuff. I want Abram to get the ball 25 times a game. I, he's just a dog and he runs like a linebacker. He runs, he looks for contact and, um, man, he, he just, he's, he's probably actually who's impressed me the most, you know, by themselves this year on Baylor. I think um, he's just been so fun to watch and he hits the hole at a, at a different speed um, up the middle than we've seen, you know, maybe since Chafin or something like that. Um, yeah, I yeah. think 
I think I think he he really goes off tackle at a different with, with different intentions than everybody else. I think so too. And he's he's hunting contact. He wants that contact. And then the rest of that Baylor team, when he does get that contact, I mean, that fires him up. And oh, they go nuts. Up. You see the yeah. sideline go nuts when he when he runs people over and it and I think yeah. it, it, it just fires everybody up, fires the whole stadium up. I mean, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And he's kind of man, Abram Smith, that that transformation from linebacker to running back. I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna be an NFL running back. Like he's gonna he get a chance. He's gonna get a yeah. chance for sure. I mean, if you just compare him, just compare him to guys that, that Baylor's had who who have gotten, you know, hasty and people like that who have gotten uh, at least a taste of the NFL. And yeah, he, he just looks more polished than anyone we've had in a long time. Um, I agree. And uh, yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think it's I think it's crazy that he was a good linebacker too. You know, right. a year ago, right? And uh, and he probably would have started and been able to to contribute and help the defense out. But I wouldn't want anyone else receiving a, a bulk of the carries. No, me either. And uh, up into the to to this point in the year before um, this past game against BYU, I don't I don't think he eclipsed twenty carries. And then right. we finally do give him twenty above 20 and he goes for like 180 almost 200 right. so yeah i'm right there with you man i want to see abram carry that load i want to see him get like 25 carries to 30 against against texas yeah and i think you know the more he gets carries up the middle the more it'll open it up for Treston to blow one big off of an outside carry um you know ebner's just not the same off tackle bruiser and, and not not kind of fit for some of the same plays that smith is but when they're on the field at the same time and um, and you can get up, you know, get people to bite down in the middle and get trusting out into some space. Then, then we're talking. Heck yeah, I, I love when when they're both on the field. And heck, we put Abram Smith at at fullback and Evan yeah. running back before, which is just what, what are we gonna like? What does the defense do then? You know. Yeah, and so, we're throwing passes to defensive players. And stuff. Right, right. We got Dylan Doyle <laughs> so. rushing, receiving, and getting a sack. Like, when's the last time that's ever happened? Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. And, and the the surprise, you know, I, I was up. I'm up in the middle section. Uh, my tickets at, at McLean, and uh, and you know, just seeing seeing and hearing the surprise on everybody both times was uh, <laughs> was incredible. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And the reaction from the team, from Doyle himself, and also from the team, was like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. It's just like you really saw the buy-in. You really yeah. saw the team like just coming together and really playing for each other. And that's just, man, that's awesome to see. We didn't see that last year. And it, that's right, just so fun for to sure. see. We also got to mention how our real tight end is maybe one of the best in the, in the Big 12 now. And we've never right? had that before. Yeah, I mean, the, the evolution of the tight end position here at Baylor is about to take off. And yeah, I've seen I've seen Sims running more in the open field this year than any other tight end we've ever had. I, I know, man. I know it is exciting. I love a good tight end touchdown, and then we've got Drake Dabney that's going to come mm -hmm. right behind him and be an excellent player. And man, I think man, Sims is going to score. He's going to score more, and he's going to get some NFL looks too. I think. Yeah, I think he should. I mean, he's, he's a pretty good blocker too. I mean, I he's so. part of our. If you're part of our uh, blocking scheme in our run game right now, you're probably at least an average blocker. So absolutely. I, absolutely. Uh, and, and probably going to get, continue to get better. So I, yeah, I think, you know, he doesn't drop balls. He, he, uh, he, and he can run. I, I don't see why he wouldn't get a shot. Agreed. He's made some tough catches too. some tough contested catches that I've been, yeah. just didn't know he could make. 
didn't know he yeah. had that ability, man. He, we never gave him the chance to. Right. Yeah. If you're not throwing, uh, if you're not getting the ball downfield to somebody, you're never going to, you're never going to know. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Sure. Um, so are you, do you think it's good that it's an 11 o'clock game? Is that a benefit to us? Mm, I think if, if this, if all the conference stuff hadn't happened and it was three lost Texas coming in, I think it might've, uh, you know, it would have been a sellout, but might've been a little bit sleepy. Uh, I think just because of the circumstances this year, you know, I know everyone that, that I uh, tailgate with and sit with and everything is, is uh, ready to come in hot bright and early in the morning. And, uh, and uh, we plan on having it, having as good of a time as we would have if it was a seven o'clock game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear. I, I don't think it would have mattered if it was, if it was a 6am kickoff, I'm sure yeah. it's going to be rocking. Um, yeah. and now give us a little game prediction here, Max. I've thought about this one for a while. I think 41-28 Bears. Mm. Mm. I just don't – I don't see us, you know, pitching close to a shutout. Their offense is going to get some yards and some points. You just got to make make some plays on them and not, you know, let them start running out into the open field. And, uh, you know, on our end, if, if our running game does what – the matchup says it should, then we should also have some, some big time one-on-one opportunities for, uh, for jump balls and stuff going up the sideline. And, and um, I just, I just don't see how Texas is going to put their foot down against us for much, much of the game. Yeah. I find it hard to disagree with anything you just said there. Um, And now you're going to be out there bright and early tailgate. Now what, what you got cooking up this weekend? So this weekend, and this is the only bad part about the 11 a.m. kick, this weekend's actually alumni weekend for the baseball program. Oh. Um, so if you're around Waco, come out on Friday night to the ballpark. The The team's going to be doing an inner squad about uh, 4.30 or 5 o'clock, I believe, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And then afterwards, we're going to have some uh, fun stuff going on the field, a bunch of alumni around and all the current players and everything. And that, So that'll be Friday night at the ballpark. Awesome. Um, the and, gates are just uh, going to be open for everybody. Open for everybody. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, not not sure uh, who, you know, among active players is going to be around yet, but I'll, I'll have that figured out here in a day or two. And then uh, we're also continuing that. We're hosting a Baylor alum- baseball alumni uh, weekend at my tailgate, which is in the Brazos cool. lot. So the baseball okay. team has bought us. I think 350 breakfast tacos and it's open to the public. And uh, so we'll have tacos and some snacks and uh, probably some sangria or something like that. And uh, we'll be out there. I mean, I have to be there at seven o'clock for the deliveries to start rolling in. So that's, I'll be out there a little bit before seven and that's, uh, (laughs) that's how it's going to go. Nice. Well, Hey, if you are in town on Friday, get out to the Baylor ballpark. And if you are in town on Saturday, get your butt to McLean stadium, because it is going to be one heck of a matchup here versus your bears and the Texas Longhorns. Max, anything else you got for us before we let you go? No, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah. If like uh, Travis said, if y'all are in Waco Friday, come out to the ballpark at night. I think we'll be out there till probably about eight o'clock. And, uh, 
Saturday, if you got some time before the game, the Brazos slot is going to be uh, a lot of fun. Where uh, my tailgate is right next to Sikkim 365, and we've got a few other people around us, and uh, everyone's going to be set up early. And and like I said, the baseball team has uh, provided me with a lot of uh, food and everything <laughs> that'll be open to the public this week. So um, anyone can feel free to come by, and we'll all be around. Good deal. Well, hey Max, thank you for bearing with us. And we hope to have you on again soon. Thanks a lot, Travis. Happy Horns Down Week. Okay, so one stat that I I forgot about that I'm going to include right now. It's, it's recruiting, okay? And look, yeah, Texas has better recruiting classes than us. That's no secret. And that's going to continue, okay? But does that translate into wins? Does that translate into bowl game appearances? You would think so, at least better than, say, Baylor, who is normally in the 30 to 35 range versus Texas, who's in the top 10 just about every single year. So since 2010, Texas has recruited a total of 1,040 stars. So if you add up all the recruits oh, since 2010, you get 1,040 stars. They've made eight bowl game appearances, like I said earlier. That means that every 130 stars that they recruit, they have a bowl appearance, okay? Baylor, in total since 2010, only 850 stars total between recruits, but we've got nine bowl appearances. That's one more than Texas. And hey, we are making a bowl every 94 stars we recruit. That's almost a 40 star difference. And then look, Texas is averaging 86.6 stars per class. Again, only eight bowl games. Baylor, 70.8 stars per class. And nine bowls, one more, one more bowl win. So hey, does getting the best recruiting class translate into winning? <laughs> Certainly not at Texas. Certainly not down in Austin. Let's look at how we match up this year. Where does this Baylor team have the advantage? And guys, it is pretty much in every phase of the game. Let's look at how we stack up against Texas. The only stat that Texas is really beating us at, the stat that matters, of the stats that matter, scoring offense. Texas is second in the Big 12, 41.6 points per game. Baylor, we are right under them, third in the Big 12, 38.3 points per game. And look, we have played better defenses, okay? So I think by the end of the year, Baylor will overtake Texas in points per game. But hey, the rest of these stats, your Baylor Bears have the advantage. Scoring defense. Baylor is second, allowing 18.7 points per game. Wow, we are not allowing teams to score over 20 on us on average. Texas, much lower than us. Texas is seventh. They're almost allowing 30 points per game at 29.6. Total offense. Baylor is first in the Big 12. That is unbelievable. We are first. Man, that offensive turnaround, I just cannot stop talking about it. Baylor's first, Texas is third. Total defense, Baylor is third, Texas eighth. Yeah, yeah, Texas defense, no bueno, Texas is eighth. 
rushing offense. Baylor has the number one rushing offense in the Big 12. Texas, very, very good rushing offense. They are right below us. Texas is second in the Big 12. Rushing defense. Baylor is sixth. Not great, okay? But much better than Texas. Texas is eighth in the Big 12. Now let's look at passing offense. Baylor is sixth. But Texas, hey, right below us at number seven in the Big 12. Passing defense. Baylor were second in the Big 12, only allowing 198 yards in the air per game. Texas is fifth. They're allowing 231 per game. Sacks against. Baylor is first in the Big 12. We have only given up six sacks. What? Six. Texas is eighth. 16 sacks given up. Not great. Not great at all. Sacks four. Baylor were fifth with 17. Texas is seventh with 14. So you look at the sacks against. Texas has 16, given up 16 sacks on the year. And sacks four. We have 17 on the year, okay? And we, we lowered down to five there, but we were at, thir- at three. But hey, remember, we just had a bye week where all these other teams were able to get sacks. So hey, we're, we're at fifth right now at sacks four, but that's going to rise. And hey, I wouldn't be shocked if we get five sacks here against Texas. Would not be shocked at all. And then interceptions. Baylor, we're first in the Big 12. We've got eight interceptions. Texas is tied fifth. They've only had five interceptions on the year. So, hey, your Baylor Bears are, for the most part, beating Texas in every major statistical category in the Big 12. You know, I'm sure if you want to get nitpicky, you can find some things that Texas has done better than us. But, hey, for the most part, we're, we're just a better team. Like, straight up, we are just a better team. And we are going to see that on the field on Saturday. All right, Bear Necessities, let's hit them. The first one defensively, we just got to limit Bijan Robinson, okay? I've already said it, and Max has said it. This Texas offense, it starts and it stops with Bijan Robinson. If we can hold him below 150 all purpose yards, I think that gives us, man, a great great opportunity to come out with a win. You look back to Iowa State, Brees Hall had 190 yards rushing and 51 receiving against us and we still won. If we can limit Bijan under that 150 mark for all purpose, that means Casey Thompson is going to have to make some plays with his arm. He's going to have to go through some reads and that's going to allow our front seven, our front eight with Petrie, with Bernard, Doyle. I mean, the list goes on. We are going to be able to get home against Casey Thompson. I think we get at least five sacks this weekend. It starts with limiting Bijan Robinson. Offensively, and the second bare necessity is Abram Smith needs over 25 carries. Okay. This year he has been dominating. It is the first time he got over 20 carries was against BYU. And guess what? He went 27 carries, 188 yards, and three touchdowns. 
the rush defense of Texas is 100% their weakness. We have the number one rushing offense in the Big 12. Abram Smith is going to have a big day. He needs over 25 carries. Game prediction. Yes, what is your game prediction? I will tell you right now. All right, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. Abram Smith goes for over 160 yards rushing. The Baylor defense gets over five sacks. And this might be a close game to start. We might go back and forth a little bit. But Baylor wears Texas down. And we come out with a win by multiple possessions. This Texas offense, it will be the best offense we have faced so far. So I do expect them to make some plays against us and, you know, put some points up there. Uh, like I said, we're averaging about giving up about 18 points per game. I think Texas will get over the 20 point mark. I really liked Max's prediction. So I think I'm going to be pretty close to that mark as well. Give me the Baylor Bears winning 38-24. Thank you again for bearing with us this week. Thank you to my guest, Max Garner, for joining us. Should be an exciting World Series. Should be an exciting game this weekend. And hey, if you are in Waco Friday evening, get out to the Baylor ballpark. There should be some exciting players out there. Some exciting former Baylor players that you'll have an opportunity to meet. All in all, it should be a very fun weekend for all Bears fans out there. This is your host, Travis Corley, signing off. Sick'em Bears. The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler, is hosted and produced by Travis Corley in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.